0: Welcome back to the Heights Baptist Church podcast. Here at Heights Baptist Church, every week we have a conversation involving faith, uh, the culture, and the church. And so I'm Pastor Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at Heights. And uh, this week, Pastor Lee is actually out for a couple of days. And so today I am joined uh, by my good friend, Carrie Perrin. So I want to say thanks for joining us uh, on the podcast, Carrie. Yeah, no
1: problem. Glad to...
0: Be here. I, I love my church and I love podcasts. So this is a
1: wonderful confluence of things I'm interested in.
0: Very awesome. The reason why uh, I asked Carrie to join us for the podcast today is because we're going to be talking about the whole big idea of small groups in the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I think of somebody who knows a lot about small groups and who's taught me a lot about small groups, Carrie, you were the first person I thought of. Well, that's um, interesting. Carrie and I actually. Uh, co-lead uh, a life group together and uh, we uh, sort of take turns teaching and Carrie's a lot better at it than I am. Um, you're definitely a lot better at it than I, I am. But I joined
1: your life group like when I came to this church and shopped life groups. I went to yours because I like the way you do it. So uh, I, I think you short sell yourself on this one. But yeah, no, I, I do know a lot about life groups just from uh, the church work I've been doing in the past and things like that. So
0: so uh first question uh so let's kind of start with the basis this is going to sort of be life groups 101 or or small groups one uh depending on the church that you attend or the churches that may be available in your area they call these groups different things so sometimes they might be called life groups or they might be called growth groups or neighbor groups or community groups or some churches may even be kind of old school, and they might still call them Sunday school classes. Yeah, But so let's kind of start at the beginning and say, so when we talk talking about a small group, Mm -hmm. what exactly are we talking about in the life of a church?
1: So I think when you're talking about a small group, you're talking about uh, a a connection point within the church. Uh, I think a lot of churches, especially in our culture, we revolve most of the church around what's done on Sunday morning here on stage with the worship aspect and the preaching aspect. And I think all church leaders know that can't be the main thing of the church functioning together, Uh, especially because when you're the pastor on stage and you're preaching out to the audience, it's only a one-way conversation. And so I think all pastors know, especially our pastors know, At some point, you've got to be what the Bible calls us to be in Romans 12, which is a family or a body that's made up of many parts that's united together. You have all these biblical commands in Scripture to be more than just an attender at a service, that you need to be a connected, united group under Christ. And small groups has been just kind of the modern evolution of when a church gets to a size... Where if I come into a Sunday service or there's multiple Sunday services, there's just a lot of people in the crowd that I don't know names. I don't know faces, uh, especially now that we come in with masks on. I really don't know eyeballs, you know. So where is that point where a person can come in and go, I need real spiritual soul care, real mentorship, real accountability to push me to grow deeper in my faith that's more than just a sermon and small groups is that next evolution of yeah you go there to be with a group of people who will genuinely be able to care for you care for your family pour into you you pour into them and that's where you really start to see you grow as an individual but you are also helping others grow uh, Uh, that's a really
0: good point yeah I, i was the i think the the really big idea that, that you touched on there is that the Sunday morning worship service in most churches, the communication is mostly one way. Yeah. I mean, you have a pastor who's preaching and teaching the word faithfully, yeah. but the rest of us in the congregation, our job is to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know one of the the approach that we've used uh, in our life group that meets on Monday nights is we actually create and craft some discussion questions yeah. That go alongside the um, the message, and so sort of what we're doing. And I know um, usually, you know, we're usually here for both services because I'm, you know, I'm leading worship, and a lot of times you're doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're we actually are are building sort of a discussion model where we can unpack some of those things that Pastor Lee talks about on Sunday, and talk about them in a group of people. Um, And so I think that's I, I know for myself personally the times that I look back on my life where I felt like I was really getting the most kind of spiritual growth was in the context of being in a small group. Yeah. Um, and I know like I would I would think about scripturally, I would point to um, verses like uh, from the Proverbs, like iron sharpens iron. Yes, and yeah. we as believers, our, our job is to come together. Yeah. Uh, and as we are unpacking the scriptures together, mm-hmm. as we do that discussion, you know, and and one of the things that I really like about your approach to to leading a small group is, uh, it, it tends to be very practical. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think and that's like like we talked about like different teachers have different styles. Mm-hmm. I tend to be more of sort of like a concept guy, and you're yeah. you're very much like, how does this work? Yeah. Like and what weird, what is it yeah. that we have to? Every week you're like, okay, what do we have to do? <laughs> yeah in order to make this concept that we've been talking about happen.
1: Yeah, I I giggle because I just think of how I began to adopt that approach. It was mainly out of frustration where I would hear a rock solid theological discussion that gave me perfect explanation of doctrine. And then I would go, well, now what do I do? And the pastor would be like, well, I'm out of time. I gotta go. And it's like, well, crud. I don't know what we were supposed to do with that. And so I think it is very important that you have multiple vantage points explaining the same scripture, especially because like you said, there are people there like I come to your life group because I think the way you teach. So I want to know deep theological doctrine. I want good accuracy. I want to make sure I understand the scripture correctly so that I don't misuse it. So that's a high priority in the way I think. But then I know, having been a younger guy in the crowd, completely confused on what to do, I know, but you also have to explain how do we take that ancient text and bring it into modern day Texas and how
0: we live here in this neighborhood. I think it's really, really helpful that you bring up the whole idea of being confused because I've just, again, yeah. I'm, I'm sort yeah. of just thinking about the life group that the two of us are a part of every week. And we have people there that are coming from a variety of different backgrounds you've got some folks that grew up in church and have been doing the church thing for a really Mm -hmm. long time and then we have a few that are like brand Brand new baby questions baby christians and they've got lots of questions
1: where we've got them from a whole different religion just two years ago
0: right so so it's um what's i think another thing that i think is really helpful about being in a small group. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, different churches might call them something different, but, you know, the idea is a smaller group of believers um, where you can have some of that discussion. Um, It's a good place to ask questions. Yes. You know, in... The, the way that we do church in the United yeah. States, there's not usually a Q&A. Yeah. Usually it's one guy talking. And then if yeah. you have a question, you may need to send an email or, yeah. you know, but but when we get together in our small group, folks would be like, now what did, yeah. even I, like yeah. even a couple of days ago, I was like, you know, Pastor Lee was preaching on this text and I'm kind of confused how yeah. this works. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, especially last week. And, and Lee does a great job of saying, hey, here's a big five dollar word to explain theology and I'm going to break it down real fast for you. But then I got to move on. Yeah. And or, you know, a pastor will have this large text and he'll go, I'm going to focus on maybe four of these 10 verses. Mm-hmm. And you and I might be sitting there going, oh, but I really don't get those three that you're not going to cover today. Right. And I really want to, you know, I got everything else you said, but I've got more, you know. And like you said, it's not a Q&A. So. What makes small group a good method is if you can create a culture within that group where not knowing all the answers is a good thing, right? And encourage, hey, what did you not get? What made no sense? Let's let's certainly cover that before we go on to anything deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and it's for we cannot assume that every believer who goes to our church has been given the exact same foundation I've been given, which was, you know, I was forced to go to church every day was open, mm-hmm. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, like I was there all the time. My dad taught us the Bible every breakfast. So by the time I got to where I was truly invested and surrendered in my faith, I had a lot of foundation to stand on. Mm-hmm. I can't assume that for, for anybody else.
0: So one of the questions that I get um from a lot of very dear friends of mine. Or mm-hmm. some of the things that, that I'll encounter with with people that I'm very close to is they'll say, man, I am busy. Yeah. Like I have got so much stuff going on, especially people that are my age that are yeah. kind of in the like the throes of raising small children. Mm-hmm. Or even once your kids get a little bit bigger and they're busy and they've got a lot of activities. Mm-hmm. Uh I hear from some very good friends of mine. They're like, it is like it's all I can do to make it to church for an hour on Sunday, yep. or maybe it's all I can do to catch a live stream. Yeah. Um, and so when, when you encounter that, like the question that I would ask is like, for those that are really, really busy and either they, mm. they never have or haven't yet had the opportunity to plug into to some kind of a small group And maybe it's a time pressure thing. Maybe they're like, I don't know that I have another hour or hour and a half to give in the week. Uh, What would you kind of say to those people as far as how important it is to plug into a small group?
1: Well, number one, I would say, you know, biblically, if we're truly claiming, hey, Jesus is my Lord, he's my boss, he's the controller of my life. I want to learn to surrender more of my life to him. I want to grow and become more like Christ. If that is your true goal, which all born-again believers have, then you've got to recognize Jesus is the one who commanded this idea. And it wasn't like, a, hey, if you got time, will you please be invested in by another believer and invest in other believers with the uniqueness and gifts that I've given you? These were straight-up commands that, you know, Jesus talked about his church before the church was even invented, about, I expect, as your Lord and boss of your soul that you get with a group of people and invest in one another for the kingdom and hold each other accountable for the kingdom that he's starting. So number one, I've got to say like, hey, just so you know, your unwillingness to go deeper with the church body is disobedience to scripture. And the other thing I would do is I would talk about what is the, the fear or the why that this isn't a big enough investment of your time? So I think for us, we all know about money budgets. Rarely do we think about doing a time budget. Oh, interesting. And seeing where am I spending too much time that's probably costing too much and giving me too little return. Uh-huh. And so I would, I would do a time budget and say, look, there is time for you to do this. Maybe the church isn't offering more time slots, but maybe that's the way God's calling you to make that time slot happen. And maybe you can do that. Or what I, what I normally ran into in that kind of scenario, the reason why I don't want to make the time is because the idea of being in a small group with people I'm not hundred percent like close friends with yet uh-huh. is terrifying. Okay. Uh, because that accountability aspect that you and I have already, that vulnerability, people do not gravitate to that naturally. It is something that you have to work on. Um, Well, and it takes time
0: getting to know people.
1: Yeah, like you have to build trust. And and sadly, especially in our town, church trust has been broken a bunch of times throughout history. And people have been let down by people who said they were supposed to love them like Jesus loved them. So I know that's a part of the mix too. And in those instances, I would just say, be patient in just get in those groups, just get there. And then over time, you know, you can sit back and be a little less involved vocally, right. but participate hard in just your attendance.
0: Mm-hmm. And then as you build trust with people, that fear should fade. Yeah, I was totally thinking about um, our, again, our, our Monday night group, yeah. which is just where I go because that's what I do on a regular yeah. basis. We've got folks that have been a part of that group for like a couple years now. Yeah. And we've got some folks that uh, are relatively new. Yeah. And then we had like, we had two people that joined us for the first time this week. Yeah. Now, and some of us who have been in that group for a long time we're very, very comfortable, comfortable being vulnerable. Yeah. We really because we've a lot of those folks we know mm. and we know that that's a safe place. Yeah. The folks who've been haven't been coming for very long or who just started coming, they didn't open up nearly right. as much. Yeah. But we wouldn't expect them to. Right. We 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 want them to get into the group and kind of get comfortable with those people, get to know those people and then that kind of that being comfortable yeah. and the vulnerability that comes with being comfortable, that'll eventually come.
1: Yeah, and like and I I I know just from experience I know what my wife says um, you know I can think as a new couple and we were the only quiet ones I'm going back thinking oh my gosh we we were clearly obviously we looked like freaks because we didn't talk at all and it's those kind of weird thoughts doubts that creep in that I would just really encourage a person to say just forget that like that that is not the case the way you perceive yourself looking is usually not 100% accurate. And so I would encourage people, give yourself a break. Give yourself lots of patience that just getting that ball rolling until you get that ball rolling to a speed you're comfortable with, yeah, take your time, get there, and then, yeah, be as comfortable the most you you can be. And whatever you do, don't don't fake that. You know, right. The goal for the small group is for you to be the realist version you can be so that people can help each other, uh, help each other through the Spirit's power, through His Word, and encourage one another. But we won't, we won't be able to do that if we don't know what might be your obstacles or your weaknesses or your struggles. But we don't need to know that day one. We just are happy you're there. Yeah. But maybe day 18, it'd be good to know how we can pray for you in a solid way that would impact your life positively.
0: Yeah, so don't... So don't worry about um, being sort of a person who joins a group and just listens in the beginning. Yeah, like, It's okay to yeah. sort of, be, it's okay to be quiet.
1: Yeah, it's okay it's to, okay okay to kind yeah. of take
0: it in before you're ready to start opening up. I mean,
1: if I thought about it like a NBA team or a basketball team, it's okay for the freshman guy to, you know, we would tell the freshman guy as seniors, hey, don't say anything right now because you just need to learn and once you've learned some things then we're going to hear want to hear your suggestion because we've been doing this for a long time that's a basketball analogy i know there's some that don't have that in their background but i would just say yeah if you're a freshman and this is your rookie year yeah just focus on learning how the process is supposed to work then you can figure out how you fit into the process but don't don't feel like you got to come in and make a massive contribution, or be expected to make a massive contribution. No, those of us who've been there for a long time, we're just literally glad you're there. And we know that in the future, we're gonna become good friends. And we look forward to that, but we don't have to rush it, just stay
0: coming. So at the beginning um, of this conversation, we talked a lot about sort of the Bible study component of a small group Mm -hmm. and kind of how that works and why that's important. Um, But obviously there's a lot of other benefits Mm -hmm. that go into being a part of a small group beyond just like the the studying the Bible. So um, in your thoughts, kind of what are some of those other like really important benefits, uh, other important things that go on in a small group uh, besides, besides the opportunity to study God's word together,
1: I think one—you know—we experience this a lot. Um, I like the parenting advice I get from other dads. Like,
0: yeah, that's very helpful. I'm not
1: an expert at being a dad, so when I hear another dad say, "Hey, I'm—I I do this with my kid," you know, a lot of times in our, "Hey, pray for me," time, a lot of us guys will say, "So I'm having a hard time just with the parenting." Uh, So just hearing another dad voice, oh, I've been through that and this is how how I got through it. And either I got through it successfully or hey, make sure you don't do this because that did not help at all. (laughs) It didn't work. Yeah, so I look at the, you know, we talk about here at our church, being in community, sharing life together with one another. You know, I get out of my small group how to just live life better, whether it's how to parent better, how to be a better husband, To be a better worker who's also a Christian at a secular place. Um, That kind of wisdom that Scripture doesn't give a ton of details on, but I can see the Spirit working in other other men in our group and even other women. Um, I can't, I've told your wife several times, like, she's really good at reminding me how important Scripture is in my daily home life when I'm not with you guys. So uh, I just think about all the. Just bits of advice I get from one another that's huge. And then the other thing I get is the rock-solid friendship Yeah. that makes me excited to come to church because I know I'll see my friends. And I know it's been a rough week for me, and I know seeing them always boosts my spirit. Like, I did feel bad for the new people this week because we were crazy giggly this week. (laughs) Yeah, we were. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know if that'll be received as a fun thing or not. But... (laughs) can't stop it because we genuinely enjoy making each other laugh. And, um, you know, those are the things that, that's what makes me feel like I'm connected. This is my family, Mm -hmm. uh, away from my biological family. This is my spiritual family. This is where I go to when I can't get what I need from everybody else in my life. Mm -hmm. I know I can go to my brothers and sisters first in my small group before I, I run to the pastor for help or something like that. If you guys can't help me, okay, well then I might need to call Lee. Yeah,
0: yeah that's a that, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, but I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking that the best, actually the best kind of pastoral care yeah. actually comes from other yes. believers in yes. our small group. And in, 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 in the sense that like, like if you're going to be in the hospital, yeah. or somebody's going to kind of organize like bringing food to the house, yeah. or if somebody's dealing with a crisis and needs somebody to help out with kids, or yeah. uh, or there's some kind of a some kind of a financial crisis or a work crisis, like you've got a core group of people mm-hmm. that you know well that you're comfortable with, um, and they'll they'll sort of be the f- the, the first responders yes. to any time when you're dealing with something in your life that's a crisis, um, and then you know and then you can kind of take it to that next step and, and, and kind of talk to, uh, you know, pastoral staff and other people in the church. And and, and sometimes that that's necessary and sometimes that's good, but I think it's just always good to have that small group of people that you've built a relationship with that can be your support system. And
1: when you look at our church fathers, that's exactly how they operated. Jesus had his 12. And even in that circle of 12, he had a circle of three Mm -hmm. um, that he was really tight with that. He made sure, you know, he had those friendships with guys like John. And when you see John write about his friendship with Jesus, you know, he referred to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Um, you can see there was that bond there between those men that was so important. Again, we talked about Paul and the first church planters, that they were always in groups. There was never, we, we like to put like celebrity status or solo status on guys in the Bible, but every one of them had a partner who was their wingman that they depended on just to make it through the hard calling that it is to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like we've been studying in Second Timothy, this grit that we've been talking about where Jesus plainly calls us to suffer. That's the best way we grow. Um, You you can't do that by yourself. You try doing that by yourself. You get eaten alive emotionally, spiritually, physically even, and you get run down and burnt out. And so the big thing that I'm getting from my small group is they might be in a place where they're high spiritually while I'm low Mm -hmm. and I receive a ton of energy from their energy. And then the vice versa can happen as well where I'm at a spiritual revived place, but they're down and hurting and drained. I can pour into that and I can give what God's given me to help in that. So again, there's so many biblical commands that we don't go after Jesus by ourselves. Like, so give up this idea that your job as a church member is to come sit on Sunday for an hour or watch the live stream for an hour and you've done your duty as a Christian to the family of Christ that Christ is the head of.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good stuff. Um, so if we were gonna sort of just kind of wrap this up, mm-hmm. um, I think I would just say like, uh, if I were to sort of give sort of a closing thought, I would say, Just, um, if you've never had the opportunity to be a part of a small group, um, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I would very much encourage you to, um, to dig deep. Maybe you do that kind of time budget Mm -hmm. that, that we were talking about and find an opportunity to get in with a group of believers because, um, the Christian life was never intended to be lived alone. Yeah. Um, and so if you've never had a, if you've never experienced um, the life giving power that comes from being yeah. in a group of smaller believers and and learning how to follow Jesus together, um, I, I just I think yeah, you like, should do it.
1: I think, yeah, I think the best way to put it is you are investing in yourself by investing in others in your church.
0: That's a, that's a good point.
1: like it, it's the weirdest way that God has it set up, but it works so perfectly. But like you said, you really don't know what you're missing. It is so good for me because I go and pour out what God's been doing in my life. But somehow that's a huge blessing for me. And then I've seen when people pour into me, gosh, that that's changed my world since I was a Christian at 16 and found out that that's what brothers and sisters are supposed to do. So you are right. Investing this time is an investment in yourself and you will have so much joy because of that investment.
0: Well, Brother Kerry, I want to say thank you for uh, investing time uh, with us and with with our uh, viewers and listeners today. Uh, We want to thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heights Baptist Church Podcast. And we'll be back next week. Pastor Lee will be back uh, with another episode. And uh, for for more information about uh, how to, become a part of Heights Baptist Church, you can use the uh, the QR code at, on the bottom of the screen. And uh, you can that'll take you to a connect link where you can find out more about what it means to be a part of our church, what it means to give your life to Jesus. Um, you can catch us uh, in person and online on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And we've got life groups that meet in both of those hours as well as other different times during the week. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.